0: Forward slash Mindcast. That's LinkedIn.com forward slash Mindcast for a 60 day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com forward slash Mindcast and get started. Now they just rolled out this week offering 1% down payment program. Notably, Zillow has also pledged to cover 2% of the down payment at the closing stage. This is per Bloomberg. So when you start to see some of these things where you got DPA programs, which I'm not a big fan of down payment assistance. To me, it's one of those things where it's already a very slippery slope for someone who is thin in their pocketbook to get in the game that is already very costly and expensive yeah. to then have another safety net built in just so you can play the game at an already risky rate. I think those types of programs can be catalysts for bigger issues down the road. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode of Money Moves. Mattie A., your co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. What to do, brother? What's up, y'all? How was Texas? Texas was amazing.
1: Had a shout out to Zachy. Had to go see my buddy Zach. Got to go to a UT game. Anybody out at UT? Good job smoking rice. Man, I was fun watching you guys beat rice. Was it hot out there? 100 degrees. But I will say this. It's been so hot here. It was not even bad at all walking the park. Yeah, I was like fine, actually. I was hot. I was sweating. But I I wasn't sweating any more than anybody else that was out there. Weather Uh, met some nice guys from the East Coast, got some box seats, had a good time. It was fun working and enjoying life. It's part best part of being an entrepreneur.
0: We got some great stuff for you guys today on today's show: stocks, real estate investing, personal finance updates for you guys. If you're not subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. The tuition for today's show is just leave a review. 60 seconds, share it with somebody, leave a review. We greatly appreciate it. And of course, don't forget to take advantage of the two freebies that we always offer our amazing listeners. If you've got a financial portfolio and you want Ryan and his amazing team to go through that with a fine tooth comb, give it an x-ray to build out their version of what the plan could do for you based on your goals. That's something that they do for our listeners only for free. Don't forget to take advantage of it if you haven't done so already. And you can just do that by texting the word X-Ray to 844-447-1555. And for all my credit investors that want to get on my deals list, these are offerings that only I put out on my own deals or things that I'm investing in to our credit investor list. You can text the word deals to that same phone number. Always, we got everything updated on you for MillionaireMindcast.com. So be sure to check out the store there. With that being said, where do you want to start today? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one up to you. I'll kick it over to you. I got all kinds of stuff written down. Rest in peace, Jimmy
1: Buffett. Let's go ahead and start
0: talking. Oh yeah. Seventy six oh is not that old.
1: Uh, he wouldn't I though if uh he didn't he had skin cancer. Uh so it'll be Pretty aggressive, rare form of skin cancer. And if he didn't have that, I think he'd still be alive. Nice dude. Billion dollar empire, literally. People thought that was like an inflated number.
0: Out of of one real song that it was birthed out of, Cheeseburger in Paradise.
1: And Margaritaville. And
0: Margaritaville, yeah.
1: Those two songs
0: built resorts, restaurants. The
1: goodwill value of, of the Margaritaville brand is very high, has a huge
0: following. They're building the first Margaritaville up in Lake Tahoe right now. Um, it's their first Margaritaville resort that is in a mountain town. Most of them are in beachy areas. This is the first one they're doing up in uh, the mountains.
1: Tahoe kind of has, if you've never been there, I always tell people, it's a love-hate relationship you have with Tahoe when you live near it because the traffic up there is insane. Yes. It's like terrible. I'm going to my cabin on Friday for a week, so I'll Mm. be up in Truckee. What you used to call the poor man's Tahoe, which I think I'm gonna have to switch that up. It's getting expensive up there. It's the rich man's Tahoe almost now. Yep. But it's so much, so many people go up and it inundates it. But if you've ever been to Tahoe and you have a good time, you will notice it has a beach town vibe, but at a lake. Yeah. It is a beachy community, but there's no ocean. But if you're putting Lake Tahoe on a map, you'll notice it's, it is one of the largest and deepest lakes in the world. Mm -hmm. It's really blue. It's surrounded by mountains. It's beautiful. beautiful. So we're very lucky to to live near it, but it's very much a beach vibe.
0: Shout out to our man, Jimmy Buffett. R.I.P. And Good dude
1: from Mississippi. Just a good...
0: This week, we've got some interesting, speaking on the health topic, this last week, the first lady, Jill Biden, was reported to have COVID. Mr. Now... 67. Mr. Biden is going to be rolling around with mass. And to me, this is all just the perfect theater that just is all lining up. Because I knew, and I said, that they were going to be coming out with more mandates, more suggestions. Will they do a lockdown like they did? I can't imagine that it would think, work.
1: No, especially not going into Or why
0: they would do that. That being said, it sounds like there is more guidance coming out around people wearing masks, and it sounds like it may become a little bit more of a formal, not just a suggestion, but a request on airlines and other potential mainstream platforms that people are ultimately going to have to abide by the law or not utilize the service. But I can't imagine that airlines and some of these other big businesses are going to... They still haven't recovered from... That's what I'm saying. COVID. Knowing like that first round of COVID, the financial impacts are going to, because you're going to get people like me that are going to go fuck it. This time, I'm not giving you my money. I'm going to look at any and all options beyond this. I'm just not going to do it. Might take a train, whatever. Taking private. Not everybody has that option, right? But what I'm saying is, they know the financial repercussions of going down this path. Why are they going to do that?
1: Uh, I, I think obviously one of the things that happens, and I'm I'm speculating, of course, but. Power is probably the main choice. Having more control over the process of the election because of emergency powers and being able to navigate the outcome maybe a little bit better, be able to something, something that provide an advantage to the party, and in this case it would be the Democratic Party, that seems to be going that direction and wanting that narrative.
0: Because you already see so many people on the right that are going, no way, no chance, I will not comply, nice try, right? So it's definitely not coming from the right. I don't Mm -hmm. think it is. And I just don't understand how, knowing what we know now, they think that any of that is going to truly help, one, citizens with the science and the statistics. CDC basically just came out this week and admitted that most of the COVID deaths that they had labeled as COVID deaths were comorbidity deaths, which put basically, and it's on their website now, the data is essentially within line of flu deaths, Mm -hmm. um, influenza deaths on an annual basis. So knowing what we know now, I just don't, it makes zero sense to me, unless there is something else that I can't foresee around the corner, that this would be catastrophic, I would think, for small businesses for the American economy as a whole, especially going into an election year, not good for the Democratic Party. That's the one that stands
1: out the most to me. Which is
0: fishy to me, right? So then it makes me wonder even more of going, if I can see this and it doesn't make sense, and they know it doesn't make sense either, but they're still going to pursue it and push it, what else is going on that could be coming that we cannot see right now?
1: We have to remember that we have the stuff going on with the Hunter Biden that's still going through so you're the so you're saying
0: essentially it's another be, smoke
1: screen could be a way to, to provide some sort of a distraction if you want to call it that or just another topic to discuss <laughs> that could drive eyes somewhere else I believe I saw that some of the evidence that the judge for the trump case I haven't seen confirmed confirmation of this yet but they I think they're saying they're going to throw a couple of the indictments out not indictments but in one of his indictments, they're going to throw out the two two to three testimonies because they were found to potentially be untrue mm. by the people that gave them. I haven't been able to confirm that. But again, this doesn't go back to us defending one person or the other. I think what it all boils down to is this, and I think everybody is on the same page that kind of thinks like, Matt, just this type of environment or culture shouldn't even be green in America. Like This shouldn't even be something that is brought up, as far-fetched as it may seem or sound, it's being brought up because it's a topic of conversation. You know, um, the election, COVID, getting information from one place and they saying it's true and people dying on the hill and then it's not true, but it's being completely ignored and they just try to move on to the next thing. So just a wild time. I I really wish we could get some non-politicians in office so we could get some more bipartisanship um, I will say it's a very telling that Hungary's, uh, mi- uh, prime minister had an interview with, uh, I think Tucker Carlson, I was watching it on X and he verbatim said, Trump was not a good guy. In fact, he sounded like me and Matt last week. Not a good dude. Definitely needs to keep his mouth shut in a lot of arenas, but I will tell you this, you want to end the war in Ukraine? Elect Trump. He, the war will end because He had the best. He said, I've been in politics. This is hungry. I've been in politics for 33 years. I've never seen a better U S foreign policy than I saw under the Trump administration. And he was laughing because he was like, I know people are going to give me some crap for this, but facts are facts. And so this is goes back to when you go to investing, you can't emotional decision. I'm going to really start pushing that if you, when you vote, it should not be an emotional decision. It's a it really now it's a business decision and it's mm-hmm. it's a moral decision uh, to some degree. If you look into what both sides have to say, you have to weigh and balance that. But I I think it's very telling that a country that not the biggest fan of Donald Trump but would come out and say we should definitely elect Donald Trump again because it would fix everything that's going on in Europe. He people got mad at him for he brought up. Yeah, nobody likes North Korea, but does that mean that we should be mean to them? Is that going to get you anywhere on the world stage? No, you should be nice to people even if you don't like them because in business, that's how business works. He was making that point very much so. He was the best politician because he was a business. And I I guarantee you I'm going to catch some for this one because I normally keep it. People know how I vote and how I think. But man, love it or hate like him or hate him, he is honestly probably the best decision that we have because he's not a politician. Chem, what's his name? Indian guy.
0: Vivek Rama or whatever. I don't know how yeah. to say his
1: last name. Yeah, he is interesting, but he scares me a lot mm-hmm.
0: because I do know his background. Yeah, he's big pharma. Yeah, and he's very young. He doesn't have a lot of foreign affairs experience. Yes, I do, and I think that we can digress off the politics here. But that being said, George Soros' son, he just came out this last week, and he wrote like a big open forum, whatever. And basically, he said, I think their foundation is called Open Societies Foundation. And his his father, George Soros, him, Alex Soros, is now taking over in his late 30s, something like that, multi-billion dollar organization that's all based on charity i.e. they pay a lot of people a lot of money to lobby for their specific interests. And he basically just said, we're shifting our entire focus to defeating Trump in 2024. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, why would they do that? And he said, a MAGA-style Republican victory could, in the end, be worse for the EU than for the US and undermine the progress achieved in many fronts in response to the war in Ukraine. Trump has promised to stop the killing and end the war and yet, the globalist crowd thinks that him doing that would be bad for Europe.
1: Yeah. And so it just shows somebody you. Somebody from Europe saying that it would be good, and somebody from the United States saying it would be bad.
0: So it's just one of those things where it just shows you that they have so much interest in that war continuing on financially, that Absolutely. Trump single handedly could be the reason that could threaten all of those financial interests that they don't want the war to stop. They don't want billions and billions of dollars to continue to not continue to funnel their way into the EU. So it's just really interesting to see this. Digressing off of that topic, I think there is some very interesting global dynamics that are going to play out in the next six to 12 months. We're talking, you'll notice
1: every about three and a half years, we talk more and more about politics because it's an election year and it actually does affect Germany. It 100%, especially when there's let, we, in my world, the systemic risks that we can't diversify away from and are things that we have to be okay with. One of them is legislative risk. You have to be aware of the legislation that could go through is pending, is going, tried to go through what they will die on a hill for. And they'll have to get it through in some way, shape or form. That's a real thing in investing craziest thing that's happened with the current administration is the taxing of unrealized capital gains in investment accounts that are non-qualified and real estate investment properties, which is unconstitutional and absolutely ridiculous. But you have to know that kind of stuff because it can absolutely affect your bottom line. Some people like to get politically charged, I think, sometimes when it comes to the political, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. conversations. But they have a real, more today than five years ago even. They have a real impact on your day-to-day investing because it can absolutely change
0: how and what you invest in and why. Yeah, a perfect example is what's going on with insurance right now Mm -hmm. in certain markets in the country. And we'll get to that later on in the show. But that being said, focusing on what we know the Fed is doing. Let's get out of politics for a quick second and go. Although it's politics again because it's It is. (laughs) And at the end of the day, it's all intertwined. Yeah. Fed. Waller chair suggested that there may be a September pause and rate hikes. We saw inflation data starting to pull back. We saw unemployment tick up a little bit last week. They expected 3.5. It was up 3.8. We've got good that there were some bad news is good news in that area right now. So with some of the data points that have come out this last week, A lot of people are still talking recession talk, this and that. A lot of people are saying, nope, we're still looking pretty good, pretty strong for a soft and or no landing. The Fed is saying we're going to hold potentially on rates at least for this next month. We're for sure holding on rates to the end of the year. It's are we cutting this year? Yeah, talk a little bit about that because you've got some really great data that I think is impactful to maybe because some people are saying, hey, are we going to get to see a cut this year? Are we going to see a cut in Q1 of next year and Q2? Realistically, what data are you seeing in terms of when the Fed is going to start cutting rates, even though I know, obviously, it's going to depend on what kind of data we see come in over the next quarter and a half? I think that, obviously, the Fed futures is good because it's real money, yeah. which is better than opinion. And i doing
1: that today, <laughs> which is better than opinion. Right now, there's over a 90% chance that they pause at the meeting on the 20th. I think that's pretty much in the water. I think there's a 75% chance they pause the following meeting, October. I think that's pretty much dead in the water as it stands. What I, what starts to happen is you see consensus be paused through the end of the year into and through March of next year and then cuts starting to happen in May of next year, and they were trying to cut one 100 to 125 basis points, so 1% to 5% off in a seven-month period, which is, holy crap, that's fast. That typically has been indicative in the past, or has been indicative more times than not in the past of a recession, but we've never cut from seven or five or six down just to two. We're not trying to get to one or zero like Mm. we have in the past. We were at normal inflation levels when we started cutting. Anytime in the past when we've been up above normal inflation levels and we've cut back down to normal, not taken from normal and gone to zero, a recession hasn't followed. That's very rarely happened and has never happened in the setup that we're looking at right now. But it's highly likely that we do not have any sort of recession. I would expect a quick, maybe a week or two stint, that there might be some volatility in the market. But if we were going to have a recession in six to eight months, the VIX would be trading at 20 to 25 spot right now. And I believe it's trading below $14.50 a share right now. The VIX is the volatility index. So that that is a basket of instruments that, that generally indicates volatility is coming. It's way below 18, and
0: 18 is my threshold.
1: All of that culminates to say, I think everything is in the works for a soft or no landing. Um, I don't think the economy cares about a landing because the economy is a person. It's it's an entity. I think money is just ultimately going to keep driving everything. And as long as money keeps flowing into the market, if the labor market can loosen up, if the employment market can loosen up a little bit, I would say that towards the end of the year, it's very highly likely we could have a rate. I'm saying December is probably the soonest that it would happen. And why do I think that? Because right when we get to the Fed futures past November, there starts to be probability of a rate hike again, which really isn't in the cards from data at any perspective. So what does that tell us? They're throwing the money wide and far right now because nobody knows. And they don't know because they're waiting on data that's supposed to be coming in the next couple months. That's going to really be indicative of what's going to happen at the end of the year. And it could be a surprise cut towards the end of the year. It could be pausing and holding long through Q1 and into Q2 next year. I don't know. But they will have to start cutting rates at some point next year. They just have that knife's edge to walk of not doing it too soon. And I think they'd rather be a little late to the party than early so they can avoid causing too much heat in a time when that's acceptable.
0: I'm very curious to see how this next quarter of earnings goes as well, because really the earning or I'm sorry the, the earnings of a lot of these corporations finally turned a corner this last quarter, right? I think you- well,
1: we have to keep one thing in mind. Analysts did revise down again before those earnings came out. Okay, But that's why you had so many
0: blowouts. Because there was, what, four, from the data, it says four straight quarters of declines. This last quarter in Q2, it rose 4.5% per the Bureau of Economic Analysis. With a lot of those companies giving
1: forward guidance for the end of this year and into next year, being very positive. Um, something that keeps sticking in the back of my mind is Warren Buffett's $400 million plus play in home builders. I don't know what he saw to buy that. We are buying more builders right now. I don't have I don't have a portfolio <laughs> big enough to swing around like that. Yep. That's pretty that's a pretty big bet. That's a massive amount of money to put towards one sector, especially a sector that's been down and out. And that that can only be a good bet if we have a positive a rate cut cycle. We have a really smooth transition into a nice economy again. And so that is something that's making me very hopeful. He's been through all of the market cycles that I could ever think of and have ever studied. And mm-hmm. he's come up through when the America was becoming an industrious nation, being to where it was, where it is, and where it's going to be in, in, in the short term. And he always invests long, still. yep. So to me, that's very interesting. And I, I don't know how to tell how interesting it is because I don't have any information on what he bought and why. What, I know, but why he bought. And if I had more information on the why, I think it'd be even more interesting.
0: To me, what I'm paying attention to is what plays out in this next quarter on the housing market, how things go with this potential resurgence of mandates and other things. And the one thing I just keep paying attention to, and I know we, you and I have been, we've been so impressed with the strength of the American consumer, right? Yeah. To me, I think we're impressed, but at the same time, I wonder at, What point does that, one, lose steam? And two, does the negligence start to get exposed in people's spending? And the reason why I'm saying that, when we look at total household debt in the U.S. is at a record high right now. It's over $17 trillion. And when you look at, there's, I wish I could show this graph, but at least you can see it. You've got auto loan debt has been, jumping up crazy for the last two decades. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got auto loan debt right now is at a record high of 1.56 trillion. We've got your student loan debt is actually starting to plateau a little bit cuz we're getting some forgiveness there on on different fronts. And then you've got credit card balances are also at an all-time mm-hmm. high. If we start to see some of the hardship hit a little closer to home for people. We start seeing unemployment jump up a little bit. Obviously, inflation is somewhat trending in the right direction. I just am wondering if there is going to be a, a straw that breaks the camel's back that ultimately sets the market into his, the tailspin. Not necessarily the market, the economy, the, the consumer. Their ability to really pay the piper for what they've been living high on. Yeah, because um, I feel like you and I and many of our listeners are a little bit savvier with our money. We're a little bit more intentional with our money. We're a little bit more prepped and planned for what could be coming down the road, right? That's not 95% of America.
1: Correct. I think I think if we had the data on that, that went back more like 25 years, not just that was an eight-year graph.
0: No, that was 20 plus years. That's in 2004. Two,
1: 2004. So then those would line up likely with their trend lines. And so if, I bet you if you pull it even further back, yeah, right. It would line up with its trend line. And I, it, it, you can see like credit card debt dipping for a little bit, but then going back to its trend line. I'm because of that. I'm not worried about it. The auto lines are obviously due to. we had that 0% interest rate environment for a long time. Mm -hmm. So that was going to rack up debt. Second to that, you had people get in the habit of buying cars for the past 10 years much quicker. And now we have interest rates where they're, yeah. So I think that explains that to me. Credit card debt. I did not used to put 100% of all my items on a credit card. But now I pretty much do. And I think that's more popular nowadays. Problem is the debt metric is unpaid balances. So that could be indicative of people trying to do that and not being successful just as much as it could be people just carrying debt and at 25% APR. So it's compound monthly. And lastly to that, the student loan debt. I think that is starting to trend down again because we have people resuming payments. But I do worry that will affect momentum-based sectors of the market such as technology as far as maybe Apple selling iPhones or iWatches or their network of devices. People may not spend in categories that they were, and I think I mentioned a few weeks ago about Nike, yep. that was a risk in, in, in items like that. Somebody That may not affect somebody's ability to go out and get a meal or go and enjoy a day with their friends, or even go on a date. But it probably will affect them saying, am I going to go spend $120 on this pair of shoes right now or do I want to save that money for something else? And they're probably going to save it for something else uh, when things get tight like that. So I can see the silver lining and everything just as much as I can see the story that's being told. But the one that I'm not super worried about is household debt. I'm not worried about that one. I'm, credit card would bother me. Student loan debt is pretty normal. It's what happens when people have to start servicing those debts at the level that they're at. Where are they going to take away from? Right. And that's, I think that's really what the story is. I don't think people are going to go insolvent on their debt, but I do think it's going to take away from them spending money on certain areas. Who? What's more telling? Who holds that debt? Probably the lower, the middle class to lower, middle, lower class individuals hold the majority of that debt. Credit card and student loan. You're going to have some high earners with the student loan debt, but it's all serviced. So again, lots of pieces and inner workings to all this, these data points, but they're good to understand just as correlation is causation. And we've been saying that as well. Just because something looks like this and has meant this in the past does not mean it's indicative of what's going to happen in the future.
0: Even with the dollar shows that it's on pace to climb for an eighth straight week, which is the longest streak since 2005, strength of the dollar is holding strong we still have this affordability issue in the housing market, right? Which I think is a real challenge for people to navigate. We've got inventory while it's still week over week jumping up very slightly. It's not anything to write home about and or move the needle in the housing market. Active listings of homes for sale in the US fell 19.5% over the last year to the lowest level on record per Redfin. And the affordability aspect of it as well people just don't have the buying power uh, that they want or if they do a significant portion of their household income is going to servicing the debt of their house so what i found very interesting this week and these are some of the things that concern me i know creativity i'm all for creativity i'm all for finding different solutions and options zillow who does not have the best track record of rolling out things and being successful with them outside of their pricing tool that made them very famous in the housing market space. But their iBuying program, complete flop, lost billions of dollars for shareholders. Now they just rolled out this week offering 1% down payment program. Notably, Zillow has also pledged to cover 2% of the down payment at the closing stage. This is per Bloomberg. So when you start to see some of these things where you got DPA programs, which I'm not a big fan of down payment assistance programs. What about Visa? Um, what did they do? Visa has a
1: uh, partnership with Rocket Mortgage, 7% cash back on all your purchases, but it all goes towards your Rocket Mortgage down payment. See, that kind of stuff is...
0: Spend yeah, so you can get a house. Correct. And what? I thought the opposite. Thought and when so you read into it. those covenants, right, you have one misstep.
1: Oh it's and yeah you have to spend on average this much per month and you have to spend this much
0: hit this cap by this time and or if there is a misstep when you're talking about real DPA programs they'll just take your shit right back from you yeah and so to me it's one of those things where it's already a very slippery slope for someone who is thin in their pocketbook to get in the game that is already very costly and expensive to then have another safety net built in just so you can play the game at an already risky rate. I think those types of programs can be catalysts for bigger issues down the road. That being said, we're starting to see some more creative scenarios come into play because you need it. Like There is no incentive for people to get in the game and play the game. Do I hear (laughs) Tina again? There's no alternative. (laughs) So I think it's an interesting time to think about getting into the real estate market, but there's still a lot of headwinds in the market. You right now have obviously the cost of capital and rates. Another one that people aren't factoring in. And as an investor, this was a discussion we were having this week in one of our groups, which is a lot of people are underwriting and factoring in the cost of capital and it being so expensive and how challenging that is making deals. Well, another one that really over the last year has been talked about, but not necessarily put front and center is insurance. A lot of insurance companies are massively jacking up their premiums or they're pulling out of certain markets altogether. I know, I think it was State Farm, Allstate confirmed that they would stop issuing new home insurance policies in California in addition to already pulling out of Florida. So when you think about as a real estate investor, that you either already own or it's an asset that you're looking to buy. There is no real way to negotiate insurance. No, you, you like it's you the rate you, set, it's set, right? So that is a fixed cost that you have no control over. That, for example, if your insurance goes up 10,000 or 50,000, depending on what kind of asset you're talking about and what kind of cap rate your asset is valued based on, that's 50,000 or 10,000 or whatever that cost is right out of your bottom line, which is right out of your NOI, which is really apply that cap rate to whatever that NOI is. It's a drastic shift and swing in value for a lot of people, right? So that can massively impact the commercial real estate market in a big way. And I already see it creating a lot of challenges for people that are trying to get reinsured on assets that they already own, totally throwing their performers off, throwing their ROI, their IRRs, their deal metrics off. These are assets that they already own. Or, right, these are assets that people are trying to buy. And now they're having to factor in two, three, four times the amount of an insurance premium. It throws a wrench in the deal and can sometimes kill a deal or give a seller something very significant to think about when it comes to what kind of concession they might be providing. So I think there's still a lot of these things that need to get worked through in the real estate market that are headwinds that are going to continue to be a challenge. And I think that we're going to start seeing some of this stuff really rear its head in Q1 with not only single family, but mainly in the commercial real estate world. So something to be paying attention to on that front Overall, though, I think single family housing market, strong, still going to continue to hold stable and or slowly rise. I think commercial wise, a lot of people are holding their breath, especially heading into this election year on how things are going to play out. And then we start factoring in some of the stuff that we're seeing on the headline news, whether you're buying into it or not, it is going to psychologically impact people and the way they move, the way they spend, what decisions they do or don't make. And depending on what arena you're playing in and how that directly impacts your bottom line, your investing dollars, something to be paying attention to. I agree more. So with that being said, any final thoughts on what we're seeing in today's market? Next week, we are going to talk a little bit more. We've been getting some more questions on the... Is it self-directed IRA?
1: Self-directed IRAs, yeah.
0: There's a lot of, I think, misconceptions, even to me. I feel like I have my hands wrapped around it and yet there are still so many things that I don't feel like I fully understand. So this next week, based on a lot of questions you guys have been putting in, um, a lot of questions Ryan's been getting and some of the questions that I got for you, we're going to do a little bit more of a breakdown on the self-directed IRA and how to best utilize and leverage that vehicle and the way that it was built and designed for the wealthy. Yep. Some of the things that you should be aware of that they maybe don't want you to understand at the highest of levels.
1: It's just as it's, we'll go into it next week, but there's a lot. People don't understand how they work and they're not very complicated, but there's just really not talked about that much. We'll go into what they are, how they
0: work and why they could be good for you and why they may not be good for you. Two things that I'm paying attention to right now. I think I send you something on it every single week and you're like, shut up, dude. This is ridiculous. Uh, bricks. Bricks. And. It may not no longer be able to be called bricks come September 18th because (laughs) India is bringing to their special session of parliament a suggestion to changing India's name officially, so changing the country altogether, to Bharat. I don't so, know the significance of it it'll why. be b, b- bricks. Yep.
1: B- b- who's the
0: eye uh you there got the eye there's no bri it'd be Oh yeah yes yes, correct the b- b- <laughs> 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 um, so that'll be interesting, paying attention to that a little bit, but still no concerns on bricks no, u s dollar absolutely not, I promise
1: you if you buy it on that is an absolute pleat. They're only doing that because it's an election year next year.
0: That being said, I am paying attention to a big housing bubble right now is building big. Canada, old Canada, our friend up north. Seven
1: hundred fifty-eight thousand. The average cost
0: of a home in Canada. Average cost of a home in the entire country is seven hundred fifty-four thousand seven hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. The in Canada, a lot of people are pointing to. Their immigration challenges and issues and the amount of money that's flowing in there and creating their lack of housing, affordability, all of that kind of stuff. That being said, there's something brewing there. I I haven't fully done my research yet. So I'm going to dig in a little bit more on this for you guys over the next couple of weeks. I got some great friends and investors that live in Canada, play in Canada, invest in Canada. And they've been talking about this for quite some time. But it seems like it's starting to really get to a place where we could see a potential domino have a much bigger impact when it falls. And that in itself, because they didn't have when 08 rolled around, they didn't have a housing issue. They 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 actually appreciated it. I think. I'm correct. Yeah. One of my buddies is like, Oh, this, this has been bubbling up since prior to your guys' great financial crisis. And it's getting to a point where it's too big to ignore. And, what I'm curious to do a little bit more digging on is what are some of the catalysts that could tip tip the scales over the edge. So I'll be paying attention to that. Anything you're paying attention to this week that we will be following up this next week on with...
1: I'm going to check initial and continuing claims. Uh, that's pretty much so important this week to me. Next week, I'll be uh, talking to y'all from my cabin in Tahoe. Um... So I, I, I'll I'll have some data, but um, I think this weekend everybody should take some time. Hit that decompress button, just like your ninja foodie. Let some of that steam off. Enjoy the opening weekend for NFL. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Um, it's always a good time of the year. I like this time.
0: Yeah, when I'm walking out of my house in the mornings early and it's starting to feel a little crisp and I'm like, ooh, I need to get a sweatshirt on, that, that's when I get excited. So uh, that being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in this week. We'll have more updates next week. Don't forget to text in X-Ray or DEALS to 844-447-1555 if you guys don't mind taking 60 seconds to leave a review. It'd mean the world to us. But that being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers, y'all. Well that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take 2 minutes and leave a review in iTunes where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, Don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really, in most cases, overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors